Hey, what's up, everybody? Dean Rogers here. Welcome back to the Dean Rogers Show. Today, we got another special guest, Victor Heredia. Victor, what's up, man? What's up, man? How you doing, brother? Thanks for coming. Yeah, likewise. Hey, guys, welcome to the Dean Rogers Show, where we talk about real deals that we're doing and bring on awesome guests to talk about how they're finding success in their business to inspire and motivate you. Don't forget to like and subscribe. All right, see you on the show. I'm excited to get into this with you today because you got experience in a lot of different areas. And just to give everybody a little quick teaser, so you got started by, and I'll I'll, I'll share, I'll let you share it, but you heard somebody getting interviewed talking about wholesaling and you were already in the corporate world. It got you excited, kind of lit a fire on you like, hey, if this guy can do it, I can do it too. And so you got you got started there. Um, it sounds like relationships have been a key theme throughout your journey. And so I'm excited to dive into that because I'm a big believer of relationships. And so you've done flipping, wholesaling, and you've got some really great strategies and tips to share with people. So I'm excited to dive in. Um, and if you're looking to connect with Victor, you guys can check him out on Instagram, Vic, V-I-C dot Heredia, H-E-R-E-D-I-A. We'll throw it up on the screen, but make sure you guys check out Vic and stay in touch with them. So Victor, let's get started, man. Let's talk about how you got started and what that whole journey looked like. Gotcha. Well, uh, I worked in a, a corporate job. It was a, it was a family-owned business. Uh, my cousin was a big, big uh, farmer and grower down in Mexico. We used to ship product uh, globally. So I, I used to you know, handle accounts like uh, Whole Foods and, and Walmart and Safeway. Those those were my my accounts. I, I handled them directly. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, so we would, I would fly down to Costa Rica to meet with their global buyers and, and up, wow. up in Watsonville, California to meet with Whole Foods Global. And so, yeah, it was, it was on a corporate level because it was a, it was a big, a, we're a big farming operation. So we were doing business with also with Del Monte and, you know, big companies, right? Yeah. But, you know, it, it wasn't where I wanted to be. Um, you know, as part of the family, you, you know, the, the owner was my cousin and I could see his lifestyle and, and his level of success. You know, he had two, 3,000 employees and I don't want to say how much they're worth because I don't know exactly, but I know it was substantial. I mean, with that many yeah. employees, right? Um, so I saw that. I'm like, well, I wanted that for myself. Um, and it just got to a point where I realized, hey, you know, the only way to get to that level is to do it for yourself. And that's- Yeah. That's so there was like a limitation, right? Correct. Correct, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. So, and that was it. And so, yeah. So, I, I was always looking for um, some, um, you know, ways to make money. Um, I want just you. You just want more. You want a better lifestyle. You want you want to improve your the quality of your life, right? Yep. Uh, and I used to work for a guy years ago, Don Lapree. He was like an infomercial guy, and uh, he was the owner. And he would say, when you're working for someone else, you're helping that other person achieve their dreams, which yeah. is true. Yep. So, um, so yeah, I was always, I always had that inter- entrepreneurial spirit, but also seeing that in my, in my, in my family, right. And my cousins, they were, they were all pretty successful. So I ran across, uh, Ty Lopez was interviewing this 18 year old kid, uh, <laughs> doing a hundred thousand a month, uh, wholesaling. Um, and his name was Jamie White, which you know, a lot of guys might know. 
And so I just started uh, following him and I'm like, what is this guy about? What's he doing? And, and that led me to Alex Sainz and Carlos Reyes and, and they happen to be here in town. So I, I messaged them. Uh, me and Carlos kind of hit it off. I started talking to Carlos about Carlos it. Carlos is a cool uh, dude. Carlos is a really good person. Uh, Alex as well. And, and Sal, they're all good. Yeah, guys. all good people. Yeah, but also, too, they were really young, too. I'm like, well, where did these guys learn it from? Like, how did these guys get into the business? And and they were successful in their own right. But I knew, like, well, they learned it somewhere. So I did more research. And it turns out they, you know, you know, they learned it from a lot of other people. But mainly, I think the big the big guy was Sean Terry, right? Yep. And so I ordered Sean Terry's course. And that kind of led me down the rabbit hole. Um, I studied that for three months straight. And then I think I, I did my first deal in, in 10 days. I think I, a lot of guys struggle to do a deal, but because I studied so much, I was able to do my first deal in, in 10 days. That's amazing. And uh, shout out to Sean Terry. That's how I got started listening. Just by getting lucky, typing into Google, how to get started in real estate, found his free podcast and just took action on it. So I love that, man. Um, well, well, it's cool because it's full circle because I, I, I learned about wholesaling. I took his course when I wasn't making money and now I'm in his mastermind and, and like I'm a facilitator for the mastermind and we're actually not good friends. So it's kind of cool how it's kind of come full circle. Right. So yeah. Yeah. that's incredible. Yeah. Sean Terry, he's just, uh, he's an amazing giver and just wealth of knowledge and very inspirational. So, um, that's awesome. Now, what allowed what 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 was your first deal that you did in ten days? That's incredible. So my first deal was uh, it was a foreclosure. Um, I just called this couple, and, and it was funny because I think a couple like a week prior, I told Carlos like, "Hey, you know, I'm getting into it, you know, et cetera, et cetera." He's like, "Yeah, if you if you run across the deal, let me know." So I I I called like just you know grind it out on the phone, right? I just made the, made the, made the calls, made the dows. And it was a couple that was in foreclosure in Glendale. And I called Carlos. I go, hey, bro, do you think this is a deal? He's like, yeah, that's a deal. Lock it up. So I went to the house. I had a conversation with them. I got the contract. As soon as I got the contract, I drove to their office. And Carlos wasn't there, but I was there. I'm like, hey, I got a contract. And <laughs> he he drove like, to the office. Yeah. He was like, you got a contract? Oh, yeah, I got a contract. They're like, man, that was fast. Because I had just talked to them, right? Like a week prior. Like, so that was cool. super fast. And so I, I guess because I, I gave the contract to Sal so quickly, he was like, hey, bro, you want a job? <laughs> so yeah, yeah, he offered me a job. It was kind of funny. Um, so and then that first deal, I think uh, we made 22000 uh, on it. And then we, we split it. It was, like, it was like a JV deal. We split it and uh, went from there. And that, that's kind of how we, we started doing uh, more deals. That's amazing. Yeah, my first deal was $12,000 co-wholesaling it with Sean Terry. To bring oh, wow. it full circle, I was listening to his podcast. I was doing the strategy he was teaching. So I was following it so closely. It was actually in Phoenix, his market. And then I was like, well, I'm having a hard time selling it. And I, anyways, other people probably That's heard cool. the story, but I, I I contacted his team and Sean got it sold. So That's super cool. That is cool. That's so cool, man. So you walk in the office here. I got a contract. Yeah, exactly. I just, I just talked to you. Let's make this deal happen. Um that's incredible. So, so where'd you take it from there? Like, what was your next step? You got, you got the taste, you proved to yourself, you could do it. You got that, that proof of concept. Yeah. Uh, where did you grow from there? So, so then I'm like, okay, cool. Then I, you know, let's, let's do more deals. Right. So I wanted to really focus on the uh, acquisition side 
and I was I I, I knew about disco companies. Uh, I was okay with someone else disco in my deal, but I didn't like the way some of these guys operated. And 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 also too, you know, of course, you know, sent it to a cash buyer. But but there's one guy. I saw. Then I got my next deal. And I call the guy, I go, hey, what can you sell this deal at? He's like, what'd you get it at? I'm like, well, what can you sell it at? He goes, what did you get it at? I'm like, what can you sell it at? And we went back and forth. And it kind of turned me off. I'm like, hey, it doesn't matter what I got it at. Like, what can you sell it at, right? Um, so that kind of turned me off. And so then I talked to another guy and he tells me, he's like, well, ARV is probably like around 140. And, and I was like, no, ARV was 230. I'm like, no, that's not right. I'm like that. It's it's harder than that. He's like, yeah, well, maybe it's 165. I'm like, no, that's not right. <laughs> and he goes, well, I'll tell you what, I'll pay you 5,000 above what you paid. <sighs> and I was like, you know what, guy? I'm like, we're done. I didn't tell him that, but we're done. Yeah. So then um, I called Jamil, like because I had met Jamil at a, at a yeah. real estate meetup. I called Jamil. I go, Jamil, hey, I got this deal. Um, what can you buy it at? He's like, I'll pay you this. I forgot what it was. I don't feel it was like 140 or something. He's like, I'll pay you this. I'm like, cool, let's do it. And then it's funny, the other guy called me. And I just like the way he's like, he didn't pay no games. He was just direct. Yep. And he just gave me an answer. He was transparent and open. He's like, hey, I'll pay you this. End of story. I'm like, all right, cool, let's do it. And this other guy called me and he offered me, I don't remember now if it was 7,000 more or 13,000 more. I, I, I think it was maybe 7,000 more. He offered me $7,000 more. But he wasn't, you know, because being in business, like you realize, like, it's not about the money. Like you want to, you want to work with people that have integrity, mm-hmm. which Jamil had shown me that, right? Where this guy mm-hmm. didn't. So even though he offered me $7,000 more, I'm like, no, I already sold it. He's like, dude, I'll pay you. What, what? He goes, what did they offer you? And I told him, I don't remember the amount, but I remember he offered 7000 more. I'm like, no, nah, it's okay. He's like, what? I'm like, no, nah, I, I already, I already committed to him. Yep. It's already done deal too late. And so then I started working just with with Kegley, uh, just you know doing doing my dispo and just kind of you know we did that for for quite a while working with uh, with Jamil and and with Thomas and and you know the people there and and uh, that's I did that for for quite a while. Yeah, that is such a golden nugget right there. Everything that you said and what you stand for and how you handled that is exactly what I preach to other people too because when when you're building relationships with other people, it's all about integrity. It's all about trust. And you know, we we both wholesale properties. When I go to wholesale a property, if someone calls me, says, I'll take it. And let's just say it's at the price I want. Okay. Yeah. Great. Let's do the deal. I hang up the phone. I haven't sent them the contract yet. I get another call. I want it. I sold it already. I'll pay 5,000 more. This guy said he'll pay 7,000 or whatever. I already sold it. I gave my word. I haven't signed the contract, but I gave my word. If I if I go against that word and go and burn the other person, that starts to get around. And that's that's now a behavior that you have. That's not going to last. Yeah. It's not going to serve you well. And those relationships are not going not gonna to take you as far as the ones that if you really take care of them and you do the right thing and, and stand behind your word, that's where that's where you can really build a strong, good, long-lasting business. Correct. And, and then even, even now, like with some guys calling me, even if I, I know they're new, they don't know much about the business. And I mean, if I wanted to, I could take advantage of them, but, but I'm not going to do it. I'm like, listen, 
this is probably what it's worth. We could probably sell it at this price. You know, if you want to do, we could do a split or whatever, but that's probably what we could sell it at. Or, you know, I can buy it from you at this price. So, so I just, I try to be trans- as transparent as, as possible. You know, that's it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, it doesn't do good to burn people because then it burns your reputation too. And your, oh, yeah. your reputation is more valuable than money. Way more valuable. Yeah. I tell people that too, because we'll, we do a lot of JV deals and the logistics of doing those deals, we, we have, we, we prefer to have basically the full control of that deal. So, because we're, we're experienced, we do it all the time and we want to make sure that the experience with escrow, with the end buyer, everything is streamlined and not, you know, like a, like a daisy chain or kind of looking, looking messy. So we have them assign it to us for $0 and basically give us full control of the deal. And then we'll split it with them after we close escrow. And for some people who don't know us at first, they're wondering whether they can trust us or not. Cause there are some weird characters that will try to do funny business, but your reputation is everything and you got to do it right. But it's funny. I've run into a few buyers where they're like what you were saying. What did you get it for? Well, doesn't seem like I should tell you because you're asking that. You're asking that yeah. for a reason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like it doesn't matter. Can you can you buy it for this price or not? Exactly. And the whole I'll pay. I've seen some chats on online on Facebook. Oh, I I don't think anybody should make more than twenty five hundred or five thousand over what they got it for. Who who are you to determine what I should make? Like, exactly. I'm spending all my time, resources, effort to to get this opportunity yeah. you know and there's a certain price that's reasonable for someone to buy it and make money too it doesn't yeah. you have no yeah so it's funny yeah yeah it's funny i got a, i got a friend of mine he owns 1300 homes uh, you know he's he's you know i do we do a lot of business we do flips together and and you know he finds some of my deals and he's like you're not going to believe this Vic. look at this hud and he emailed me a hud he paid i think 230,000 in assignments Wow. And it was like a few different guys, but it was like 230,000 in assignments. He was like, I'm not happy about that. He was, but hey, I got I got the deal. I'm like, yeah. So that's like a good attitude to have, right? But that's crazy, crazy right? It was yeah. a high-end house, right? It was a pretty expensive house. But he paid 230,000 to different guys in assignments, which is kind of nuts. But he had the right attitude about it. But that's also why he has 1,300 homes. He he works works really well with with people. He's he's honest, he's fair, he's, you know, he's a good dude. Yeah. Yeah. So, and Absolutely. also too, I mean, like, like, you know, like, like what you do, we do the same thing. Like I got guys that trust me so much. I'm like, Hey dude, I'll, I'll do that deal. If, if you put it under my contract, so they yep. won't even put it under their contract, Absolutely. they'll put it under my contract and then I'll, the I'll, I'll take care of the deal and then we'll just do a split, you know? So, and, and they know, and then, you know, you just, and then you show them the HUD too. I'm like, well, here's the HUD, you know, here's our expenses. Like this is what we made. And you know, that's it. So yeah. All boys down to trust. Correct. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, that's awesome, man. So you you got to, you got the wheels churning. You got some proof of concept. You got some more deals going. Like, where did you take it from there? What was that next moment that took you to the next level? So from there, we kept we kept doing a lot of JVs. Um, but then what happened is COVID hit, mm-hmm. and then once COVID hit, we had like like I think five cancellations. But there were, I knew there were deals, like there were deals, but there were cancellations. So they, you know, cause everyone stopped buying. I'm like, well, I got to find a way to, to get these deals sold. So then I just started hustling. I just started, you know, looking for buyers on my own. Cause I know I couldn't depend on anyone else at that point. So I just started hustling, uh, finding buyers. 
and uh, and there was there was one buyer that kept appearing on on my assignment. I started looking at my past assignments, and I'm like, okay, well, these guys are buying a lot of deals. So I called them. I'm like, hey, I noticed you've been buying my deals. Are you still buying? He's like, yeah, but you know, we're just we're being more conservative, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I just I kind of I was forced, you know, to, after getting five cancellations, you know, within two weeks, I was forced to find my my own buyers. So I started doing that, you know, because I didn't want to lose these deals because then yeah. I'd be out of business. So I just started hustling, trying to find other buyers. And then so then I started doing basically my own dispo. Um, so that worked out for quite a while. I built up some good relationships. Um, I met a lender and the lender started, you know, funding my deals. So we started hoteling more. If it was a, if it was a good mm. deal, if it was a low risk, if it didn't need a lot of rehab, like I told you, uh, Terry Summers uh, mentioned to me that the property has more than uh, forty thousand in remodel. Uh, he's 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 gonna wholesale it. So yeah. if it didn't need a lot of work, I would I would wholesale it. I would get the money for it and then just list it on MLS. And then we did that for a while. And then shortly after that, we started coming across um, uh, the hedge funds. And so the way that worked is uh, I got a property in Austin and I looked at the buyers in the area, and there was one that had twenty three thousand properties. I was like, wow, oh, I'm like, who's that? <laughs> yeah. So, and that's everyone knows who that is. It was Amherst, right? So uh, it's a huge buyer. Uh, you know, that's a lot of properties. So I, I like, I called them and emailed them for three months straight. And finally, they're like, okay, call this guy. Uh, his name is Joe. He happens to be in Phoenix. So I called him. Uh, we hit it off. You know, we're both in Phoenix. We're both around the same age. We just kind of clicked. And then we just started doing a, a ton of deals together. I mean, at one wow. point I was submitting like 30 deals a month to them, uh, you know, my deals, but other people's deals as well. Wow. Um, and then I would just like take notes on his conversations when he would tell me, mention like other funds, I would make a note of that and reach out to that fund and just started building our, our, uh, our relationship with other funds. And, uh, and then I joined a mastermind, Collective Greatness, uh, a bunch of guys that, that specialize in selling to funds. And that, you know, then we combine our buyers. Uh, oh, that wow. kind of just helped us kind of get to the next level. That's incredible. I didn't even know about Collective Greatness. Yeah. The hedge, the hedge fund mastermind, huh? It's a hedge fund mastermind. Yeah, exactly. That's super cool, man. Um, wow, that's pretty amazing that you were so persistent to get in contact with them and they finally just were like, all right, man. Okay. Well, well it, took me, it took me uh, three years to get into Whole Foods. So I would, really? I would email Whole Foods like every two months uh, for three years straight. And we finally got our foot in the door. So I knew persistence is key. Would they ever respond to you? No. So but they zero, did. zero response, but then finally a response. And then the relationship started. Correct. Well, so what happens is, you know, relationships break down at some point, And I yeah. knew that. So at some point, their supplier is going to drop the ball. And as soon as they did, they're like, hey, these guys. And of course, they were getting my emails. Yeah. They replied the, the first time, like, okay, thanks, not interested. But you don't stop. You just, you're persistent. It's kind of like when it's a girl that you really like. Yeah. Like, if you really <laughs> like her, are you going to ask her out once and that's it? Right. You're going to yeah. pursue her, right? I mean, you don't want to be a stalker. Like, there's a fine line between stalker <laughs> and pursuing, right? Yeah. But uh, that's kind of the way I see it. It's, it's persistence and energy conquers all, right? Yeah. It's, I think that's a quote from, uh, was it Albert Einstein? I'm not sure, but I think it is. Um, you just, you want to be persistent. So that's the key. You just You want to be persistent. That's it. 
That's awesome, man. So, man, what a what a, a growth period there of working around 30 deals. And now tell us where where were those kind of deals at? Everywhere. So I would so we were doing our own deals. So uh, most of them were like Kansas City, Georgia, Florida, Arizona, uh, some in Texas, um, and uh, a few other markets. But North Carolina, but I mean, wherever we got a deal, and then we started doing uh, nationwide PPC. So we're doing PPC nationwide. We follow wow. the strategy that uh, Nick Perry and uh, and Sean Terry did. Um, so I was always open to other people's ideas. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, you know, I work for a family business, very successful. Uh, my cousin was the owner, and he had like like I said, two three thousand employees. I mean, he had. A lot of money. He did really well. He was he was recognized, you know, in, in Mexico. You know, he was friends with governors, and you know, wow. he was pretty, you know, at at a high level, right? Yeah. And uh, and I asked him like, how did you get to that level? I'm like, what, like, how did you? What's the secret, right? And so we're having steaks, we're having dinners at at Shula Steakhouse here in in, in Chandler. He's like, you know what? And I'm waiting for this like big like revealing strategy, right? Like, okay, this is the this is the secret sauce. And he's like, you know what? I was humble. It was number one. I was humble. I was like, mm. what? He's like, yeah, I was humble. He was, I just, he was, I, I realized I didn't know everything and there's always something to learn. So everyone in our industry, I seek them out. I took their advice, even if they were, they weren't as successful as me, but if they were close or doing well in some degree, I would take their advice and I would just try to seek them out and, and, and kind of follow their, their guidance. And, and then I would take their ideas added to my business. And that's what really uh, took it to the next level. I was humble. So when I got into the business, that's what I did. I studied everybody. It, it got to the point, it was funny, Carlos Reyes, he would be like, Vic, you go to everybody's events. And it's true. <laughs> I went to, I did. I went to everyone's events because I wanted to learn, like, what is he doing? What is he doing? What is he? And then kind of mesh it with what I can do. So yep. depending on the situation, like, hey, we could do this, or we could do that, or we could do this. It is funny, my, my friend, I don't know if you know Michael Martinez, um, he's, he's pretty good on, on Instagram now. He calls me the godfather of wholesaling. And, you know, it's, he, he says it kind of like in jest, right? But, and I think it's more because I, I just like studied so many people. If he asked me a question, I'm like, well, you could try this or try that. Or, you know, because there's, there's a lot of guys that do way more deals and business than I do and have been doing it for much longer. But I think I've studied so many people. I have a, a good understanding of, of how to work a deal. You know, I think, I think yeah. that humility has, has really helped out. Yeah. That's such good advice, man. I think what you, what you learned from your cousin and then you applied is I, I, I like hearing it out loud myself because it's just a good reminder that those relationships are going to be so important and, and people hear it all the time, networking, you know, your network is your net worth, but like when you actually put it to action and see what it can do. Just little tiny bits of information and new doors that open because of relationships are just incredible. And then now there's more opportunity that comes from it. So I think by you, that's such a good lesson for people is by going and studying other people and having those relationships, you're going to pick up little pieces that make sense for you. And then you can put those together. I, I say it with my... um with kind of our sales approach and uh, the way we communicate with sellers. It's a combination of uh, Sean Terry, 
Carlos Reyes, Steve Trang, Tiffany and Josh High, and then my own experience over the years, just meshing it all together. And, um, and I'm, I feel fortunate to have those relationships and made, made those connections so that I could, could learn and grow from it. And it's so important to do that. Well, you know, it's interesting too, like with my cousin, uh, he was so successful, but also the, the person I know that had the most friends happens to be the most successful guy I, I know, which is my cousin. Like literally he had so many and everywhere he, I mean, he was from Mexico. He would come to Arizona and people were like, Hey, they would, he would run to, into people that knew him. <laughs> it was just really incredible. And and like he, and unfortunately he passed away uh, mm. about almost two years ago, I think. And we, they did like a, a one-year celebration of his life. And a year later, his friends would still cry for him. Like, like that's how much wow. they missed him. So it just goes to show the impact he had and, and how much of a, of a good person he was. So, like, it goes to show, like, the level of friendship, it goes hand in hand with, with your success. Um, I mean, just look at, like, for example, Jamil and Pace. I mean, they're super yeah. likable guys. Like, if you look so at the, really the... the the guys that are really successful, they usually are the ones that get along best with with the most amount of people. Yeah, you know? it's true. We just had Pace and Jamil come speak at uh, an event that I co-hosted in Central California. We, we sold out the event in less than a week. Over 600 plus people attended it. And someone within Pace and Jamil's community, without us even knowing it, the people who were hosting the event didn't even know this. They printed out like those little uh, like painter sticks with face cutouts of Pace and Jamil, and it had them spread out. So when they when they came on stage, everybody held them up in front of their face. Like, dude, that's just because they're such givers, and like you said, so likable, and have have added so much value to other people that people will do stuff like that for them. You know. Exactly. Well, I mean, I mean, Jamil, uh, Jamil is like a great personality is like over the top, but then it's crazy. Like what they both do, like what Pace does, I mean, they do like eight hour, like YouTube videos, like who yeah. goes eight hours, 10 hours, 13 hours straight. It's crazy. Right? It's insane. Yeah. But that's kind of what got them to where they're at. Now they're on stage with Grant Cardone. Like, exactly. You know, so if, if you want to have an extraordinary life, you have to do extraordinary things, you know? Yeah. And do those extraordinary things for other people is where you you seem to get the most blessings. You know, it's that abundant abundance mindset. Exactly, one hundred percent. That's totally. awesome, man. So, um, what what do you think were some of those breakthrough moments for you, and what are some of the the biggest lessons that you learned throughout? Um, well, just I think really noticing, like you know, these guys that are really successful, you know, what they do uh, to get to that next level. And so I got one thing was like, hey, you know what? It's great to wholesale, uh, but also, you know, you got to do some flips. Like if you got a really good deal that, you know, you, you got a, a huge discount, you know, if you can wholesale it for 20, but if you could, you know, flip it and make 70, 80, like why yeah. not do that? So that was that was one thing. Also relationships with with uh, hard money lenders was was another thing. Um, I even had one guy said, hey, Vic, you know, why don't you just do your own flips? I'll, I'll, I'll give you the money. I'm like, all right. And so that, you know, that, that was another thing. So, so, you know, having the relationships is key. Right. Um, but also too, like, you know, letting people know that, that, that you're looking out for them. So my lender, I tell them like, Hey man, if I don't, if I think it's too tight of a deal, I don't want to get stuck, 
you know, owing you money. I, oh, I don't, I don't want you to get stuck on, you know, foreclosing on a property that, that you lend me the money on. So if I send you a deal, I want to make sure it's a deal. So normally if I send him a deal, he's like, yeah, it's done. Like a lot of times they don't even have me fill out documents. They just send the money in. Like, like who does that? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it, and a lot of it is comes down to trust and, and trust. You know, trust, trust you and you as a person, but trust in your, in your, your thinking abilities like that, you know, Hey, this guy knows what he's doing. Right. And that comes down to experience, you know, and it's not always intelligence, it's experience and, and study. Like you have to really study. That's, I think that's key. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one of the things that I think I've noticed with a lot of people that are highly successful is they're constantly desiring to learn more. They're always curious. And like you said, most people, you'll find some others that aren't, but most people are very humble too. And part of that humility comes from their curiosity. They're generally interested in what other people are doing, no matter what level they're at. Someone might be not at the level you're at, but like you can still learn something from everybody. And I think being being humble enough to do that is is going to help you. I think being humble is, is key. Uh, being curious is key because like if I wasn't curious, I wouldn't have ever looked into the business to begin with. Yeah. Or like, well, hey, how do how do they get you know to own so many properties? Or or who are these guys with twenty three thousand properties? Like, you know, what's going on with them? Who are they? What are they about? Like, you always want to seek you know knowledge, and you know that comes down to curiosity, right? Um, but I think another another key thing that that for me, and I always knew it. You want to follow the money, right? Like that's like you always want to follow the money. So like there was years ago, you know, we were we used to sell. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, with Arizona. There's a big supermarket here called Bashes, hmm. and Bashes was like we were like they're like our biggest customer. We we're selling them 35 truckloads a month, which is a lot of product. Like imagine 35 trucks a month, right? Yeah. Um, and they 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 had some financial issues and they fell bankruptcy, and we were their third third largest uh supplier so it was like i think coca-cola someone else and then us so it it was a big it was a big hit and so uh my cousin he told us like guys we got to get into organics like organic because it was organic uh, bananas is what we're selling he's like we got to shift to organics i don't know how we're going to do it but we're going to shift to organics and uh so he recognized the trend right so so that's one thing, like you got to recognize trends. So then I started seeing in real estate, like what's the trend now? Hedge funds. So like, you know, that's the trend. So you got to follow the trend. So that's what we did. We, okay, well, hey, we got these guys that have 23,000 properties. Like, let's find out what's going on with these hedge funds. And so we so we went that route. Yeah. And that's when things really blew up. Like that's when we really started doing a lot of sales. Like I think, you know, f- quite a few months we we're doing 300,000 plus a month. Um, which for us was, there were some guys doing a lot more than that, but, but for us, we had a really That's small great. team. My operational costs were really low. Um, I, you know, I, I know your operate coming from corporate. I knew your operational costs can kill you. So yeah. I was always really small. All my team was overseas. Everybody was virtual. We, we didn't have an office. So you don't have an office doing 300,000 a month. That's pretty good. Right. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of it was just based on, you know, following the trend, like knowing what's, what's the next big thing and, and follow the money. That's amazing. And what, uh, what would you say like your, your, your best marketing strategies were during that time? Well, for, for hedge funds, it was uh, cold calling because we could get really niche on our data. Cause for them, it, you're focusing on a buy box, right? 
So they tell you, we want 1960 or 1980 plus, three bed, one bed, three bed, three bed, two bed, et cetera, et cetera. So then you, and then they tell you the markets. So you can pull the data specifically for them and target that data. So that worked because, you know, with PPC, that doesn't really work as well because PPC, you you're, getting every, you're getting everything, right? But cold calling is perfect because you're, you're targeting that data only. Now that they're that they're not buying, you know they, they they pretty much are out of the game for the next few months, maybe four to six months. So then, what do you do? We go back to uh, motivated data. So now PPC works, uh, you know, direct mail works uh, towards motivated lists. Cold calling still works, but not not like it used to. So you got to know how to adapt and shift based upon the market conditions. Yep, absolutely. I think that's another good lesson. Just you always got to be nimble you got to be agile you got to be ready to pivot like you said follow the trends like yeah the, the one thing that worked for you isn't always going to work and so um if you're not willing to to be flexible then you're going to get stuck somewhere yeah also too but also too i think the next big trend um because so supposedly a residential real estate is the next big asset class for wall street right so what does that tell us? That tells us Wall Street is going to try to own everything under three fifty or under three hundred thousand. They want to own everything. So are we going to want to wholesale all of that? No. I think the key is like, oh yeah, wholesale some, sell some to funds, but also too, like if you know Wall Street's going to buy, try to buy all these assets, I mean, what's going to happen to those assets in five to ten years, right? So hmm. guess what? We need to focus on building our own portfolios because that's where the that's where the that's where the wealth is anyways, but now yeah. even more so because Wall Street is 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 seeking it out, right? They want to control that market. So, you know, to not focus on having our own rental portfolios would be foolish. Yeah. Amen to that. Awesome, man. Well, hey, uh, you got so many good nuggets for the audience today. I appreciate all your time. Again, if you guys want to stay in contact with Victor, don't wait around. Those relationships are so key. Connect with them on Instagram. Say what's up at vic.heredia. And uh, I know I know Victor will definitely get back to you. That's how we connected through another relationship. I mean, that's how this stuff all works. So uh, appreciate your time, man. And uh, look forward to staying in touch with you. Thank you, bro. Likewise. We'll all talk right. soon. Until next time, guys. Peace.